0: In the year 1987, wrestling changed forever. Before professional wrestling had attitude, prior to the heavy dose of impact, long before the elite, before the honor, hell, even before the land of extreme had been embarked upon, there was a company who said to hell with the red-taping guidelines fans believed had to be followed. No rules wrestling. NRW was a place where violence was not just allowed or encouraged, it was expected of you. You walked through those heavy steel warehouse doors and you knew exactly what you had to do. Not just as a performer, not just as an entertainer, not just as a fighter, but as a gladiator. ...surviving in a jungle of uncontrolled aggression and menace. You take a roster of competitors teeming with grit and passion... ...and pair that with a complex riddled with weapons and appliances... ...whose sole presence is for violence and torture... ...and add a cherry on top of an enthusiastic fan base ...screaming for blood and guts. The only bounds and restrictions were one's imagination and the human body's wherewithal for pain. We analyze and break down every broken bone, every lost tooth, and every gashed head from the gruesome history of NRW. Let's get to the action. This is No Rules Wrestling.
1: How's it going? My name is Keenan Gibson, and I am an avid wrestling fan. I'm not talking, I catch the occasional fight. I do. But I keep up with most promotions on a weekly basis. Why? Wrestling, I feel, is one of the most dynamic and interesting narrative outlets around today. You never really know what's going to happen, and it's always exciting. The relationships between characters, the action, the drama... It reminds me of the daytime soap operas I'd watch with my mom, which, embarrassingly, I am also a fan of. But it reminds me of these daytime soap operas with its constant need to entertain while maintaining the -the out-of-the-box yet gripping storytelling. In wrestling, it differs from other programs you find on TV. These athletes have something to prove beyond what is written for them, and they have the unrivaled need to be the best and hit the hardest. If it happened in wrestling, chances are I've seen it. But in my seemingly impossible quest to find wrestling I haven't seen, I came across a DVD box set of a wrestling promotion I hadn't even heard of. NRW. A smaller company consisting of indie favorites in a dingy warehouse costumed in graffiti and duct tape repaired fixtures. This promotion didn't appear to be about glitz and glam, but instead valued the work wrestlers put in to prove they are among the best on the planet. After hours of watching all these tapes, I came to the conclusion that NRW was fucking awesome and a promotion the world needed to know about. So I, being the avid fan and historian that I am, have taken it upon myself to share some of the greatest matches, rivalries, and moments that made this small program so special. So that is the purpose of this podcast, and today's episode, seeing as how it is the first episode, seems only fitting to talk about and analyze NRW's premiere and first outing to the world. This night of magic captivated honestly only hundreds, live in attendance and watching at home, but those hundreds got the show of a lifetime. A show that if you are a fan of wrestling or or a fan simply of the unbelievable and the remarkable, you would be envious of the few in attendance. What NRW lacked in ratings, it made up for in heart and raw talent. But let's jump into episode 101 of No Rules Wrestling. The night's action kicked off with two names that dominated the indie wrestling scene in the mid-80s we got to see the toughest son-of-a-bitch-around Red Bridgewater go toe-to-toe with wrestling's resident cool kid, NRW's fantastical greaser, Kenny Fresco. Now, let's take a second and really break these guys down just to see what this match truly looks like. This is the tale of the tape. We begin with Kenny Fresco. He stands at 5'10", built to be 200 pounds or so, The man is quick. He floats around the ring and has one of the most unique offenses in the promotion. I'm going to correct myself. He has one of the most unique offenses in wrestling, period. With his ability to produce these quick strikes and switch it up to the sort of gruff, dirty, grappling ground game when needed, it made him quite the dangerous opponent. His biggest strength was also his biggest weakness, though. Fresco can dog anyone. That means he can trash talk better than anyone else in wrestling. But it got him distracted several times, and when working his way through the indies, cost him a handful of big opportunity matches. On the other side of the coin, we have Red Bridgewater. Mr. Tough and Spunky, which is probably the coolest nickname anyone has ever had in the sport. Standing at six foot even, weighing 221 pounds, He walks into this contest with a clear size advantage. Now, the nickname Mr. Tough and Spunky didn't come from out of the blue just to get this guy over. Before arriving in No Rules Wrestling, Big Red had a prolific career as a grappler and submission specialist, being undefeated in college and holding several collegiate and amateur grappling championships. His tough exterior and unmatched charisma and grit come from his Midwestern upbringings and take-no-bullshit attitude. That attitude carried him to gold all over the world, including the United States, Canada, and even for a brief stint in Europe, becoming Blackpool's resident badass. These two gladiators were set to do battle in a historic contest that would set the precedent for their promotion down the line. They had no choice but to deliver. And did I mention, despite them traveling the Indies, sometimes even together, the two had never worked one another until this historic night, making this first-time encounter an even bigger draw for wrestling fans. Now, I want to play for you an interview Red was able to give just moments before the historic match against Fresco.
2: Kenny. Kenny Fresco. I didn't think you would be the first match I'd be facing here at No Rules Wrestling, and I certainly didn't think that we'd be the first match on the card. But that's how things are shaken out, isn't it? And look, Kenny, both of us are gonna walk into that ring tonight, and we're gonna lay it all down there. But I'll tell you something else, Kenny, only one of us is walking back out of it. And I plan to be that one.
1: I don't mean to say this just to blow smoke up the promotion's ass, but these two fighters tore the house down and brought the intensity to level 100. This was a hard-hitting affair that saw both men have the advantage at several points in the match. Many, myself included, underestimated Fresco going into this bout, but he proved his will to be mighty. Unfortunately, it wasn't mighty enough. It wasn't mighty enough to overcome Bridgewater, who in a nail-biter of a finish, got the submission victory on Kenny and wrapped those Herculean legs around him for his signature Southern Scorpion body scissors and forcing him to tap out. There were so many fantastic moments of this match, many that left the audience on their feet wanting more. These two decided some memorable moments We're going to come pretty early. First, in a moment of true aerial genius, Kenny Fresco maneuvered Bridgewater to the outside of the ring, which is concrete protected by only a small amount of padding. Truly a small amount of padding. He springboards himself from the top rope and hits a 720 corkscrew dive straight onto Bridgewater. He got all of it. Red would retaliate, though, with a series of belly-to-belly suplexes, slamming Fresco to the mat a dozen times. Kenny got the crowd on his side, though, proving he was already a fan favorite as he continued to kick out and kick out after every attempt Bridgewater made to put the match away by pinfall. Finally, Big Red realized he couldn't pin the cool kid, so instead he was going to have to make him tap out. That he did gripping the young fresco and grappling him to the ground, wrapping those legs around his waist and squeezing the air from his lungs. Let me tell you, I've seen almost all of it in the world of professional wrestling, and I have never seen a fighter get so purple and continue to fight and scratch and claw for his survival. It became almost uncomfortable to watch. After what felt like minutes of writhing in pain and nowhere to go fresco had no choice but to tap out those in attendance erupted in thunderous applause and showed the fighters respect and after the bell they stood in the center of the ring and shook hands a true sign of sportsmanship after the match kenny fresco had some words about this monumental encounter with bridgewater
3: Hey, here's the thing right now. Let me just say one thing. Nothing's going to keep Kenny Fresco down, you know what I'm saying? You know, hey, I might have lost her here right now, but you know what? I'm determined, okay? Nobody's going to get me down, okay? I keep my hair up, I keep it greased, I keep it slicked, you know? I'm going to be back better than ever, you know what I'm saying?
1: It should come as no surprise that as the promotion grew and NRW went on for a few more weeks... Both of these hungry combatants became flag bearers and leaders of the brand in their own right, each holding gold in the brand at different times and getting massive reactions from the audience. Another superstar who made a huge splash in the sea of NRW was Leonce Love. Love cut a promo via video package in the premiere episode and made his intentions quite clear. Let's listen to what Leon's Love had to say. <laughs> Nobody loves this business more than Leon's love. And I love this business so much, I came to No Rules Wrestling because I wanna take care of this business that I love. I wanna take care of it. I'm here to win championships. I'm here to make it the premier place to wrestle. That's what love is all about. And anyone who gets in my way, anyone who gets in the way, With Leon's love. Know that I respect you and I love you. But sometimes you love so much that it hurts. A little bit of a spoiler for Down the Line. Leon's love does not fail to deliver. The guy was charismatic and skilled as all hell in the ring. Now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back we're going to have a message from someone very special and crucial to No Rules Wrestling. Hi, Gibson here from Gibson and Galloway Present. It's 2021, and those who listen to Gibson and Galloway Present the podcast know what that means. It's time for the Best in the World Tournament, where... Gibson and Galloway sit down along with very special guests with your suggestions to decide which thing is the best thing in the world. What is it? Cell phones, fire extinguishers, lamps, hugs, kisses, fireflies, dandelions, anything, all of it, you name it. We have to decide what the best thing in the world is. So please send your submissions to the Instagram or Twitter pages of Gibson and Galloway present at Gibson and Galloway. And we're back. In the premiere episode of NRW, the fans had a visit from the chief production officer, who had a message for the emerging fan base. A message filled with exciting announcements concerning the future of not just this company, but wrestling as a whole. A message filled with hope, excitement, and a little bit of drama. Let's take you back to what the CPO Gavin Lane had to say. Ladies,
2: gentlemen, and lovers of violence, my name is Gavin Lane, and I am the chairman of No Rules Wrestling. I hope you've enjoyed the show so far. No Rules Wrestling is unlike anything that has ever existed in the world of professional wrestling. This is not your big budget, flashy spectacle you see on the television or in the big arenas. This is a show that guarantees to hit harder, scream louder, and break the rules of combat. No rules wrestling is for you, people who crave hostility and aggression. Now I know what's been going through the heads of each and every one of you. Doesn't every new promotion make this promise to their fans? What makes this one any different? Well, let me tell you, we have built a battleground for the ages. NRW welcomes the wrestlers who have been ignored, rejected, overlooked. And we are giving them the chance to unleash their deep-seated aggression in the form of high-octane sports entertainment. And it's all on display for you. We're not fucking playing around here. To prove it, we're starting off in a big way. Every promotion needs a champion, and ours will be crowned in an eight-man tournament of our best and most brutal. Unknown to you, Red Bridgewater defeated Kenny Fresco earlier tonight in the first match. Meaning, Big R.E.D. moves forward to the semifinals. This tournament concludes in just a few short weeks at our very first highlight event, World War Warehouse. This upcoming night of backlot brutality includes the finals of our epic tournament and christening of our first warmonger champion. As for tonight's main event, we have two hard hitting teams, competing for not just the title of NRW's tag team champions, but the first ever champions in this cutthroat promotion. It needs to be something special. This needs to be edgy. It needs to be violent. Tonight's tag team title match will be contested under NRW house rules, which means there are no rules. Now then, on with the show. First up, we have another fighter involved in the warmonger tournament and, unlike many of the others at NRW, plans on really classing up the joint. Hmm. Well, it appears they've called in someone with a little class and sophistication to spruce up the place a little bit. All the negative Nellies and nitwitted Neanderthals are in for a rude awakening as I'm going to turn each and every one of them into first-class sportsmen their mamas can be proud of. Look out, NRW. Sophisticated Sumpson has arrived.
1: Every wrestling promotion needs a guy in charge, right? And Gavin Lane surely had some fun stuff up his sleeve for the brand moving forward. And this is coming from someone who has seen it firsthand. This is including an exciting tournament to determine the first warmonger heavyweight champion. This company was not messing around. I mean, look what they named their top singles prize. The warmonger heavyweight championship? And let's not gloss over the arrival of sophisticated Samson. This guy seems to have a goofier demeanor in comparison to everyone else in the company, but he is no laughing matter. We're going to take another quick break. But when we return, we're going to break down a historic match as the extreme promotion, No Rules Wrestling, has its first main event. And it's a doozy as the working men go 2v2 tag team action against the Blood Brothers to crown the inaugural NRW Tag Team Champions. We'll be right back. Have you ever confidently interviewed for your dream job? Have you ever had a complete stranger tell you that you have good vibes? Have you ever had an icy cold margarita at his sleepover with your middle aged gal pals? <laughs> Me neither. Hi, my name is Morgan Smalley. If you didn't relate to any of this, then my podcast might be perfect for you. Check out the Morgan Smalley podcast on Spotify.com. <laughs> And we are back! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you have been waiting for. No Rules Wrestling billed its first main event of the promotion as a tag team match to crown the inaugural NRW Tag Team Champions of the World. In my first watch of this match, yes, that means I watched it multiple times, I was more excited for this match than anything else on the card. I love tag team wrestling. There is just something special about two teams, two teams consisting of best friends, sometimes even brothers, and then going against another team to prove they are the better tandem. This was a promotion who valued tag team wrestling, and that immediately garnered my respect for the company. Now, to spice up the already hard-hitting affair, CPO Gavin Lane decided... What the hell? Let's make this match honor the namesake of our company and decide that the match will be contested under no rules. What does this mean? No pinfalls. No countouts. No disqualifications. The only way to win is by referee stoppage or forfeit. In this bout, we had two deserving teams who would fight for tag team's top prize of the brand. In one corner... With the power of a hard day's chorin behind them, you had Mike and Wilson Crumley, the workin' men. And they faced off against a young team, the Blood Brothers, Raz and Troy Osiris. Both teams had a lot to prove as they were thrown into the lion's den and given an opportunity at immortality. Here are the working men just moments before the bout to get their thoughts on this groundbreaking matchup and the future of tag team wrestling in NRW
2: well if those western hippy dippy surfer boys think they can
1: take on a pair of us good country (laughs) boys well they got something surprising coming, ain't that right Wilson? that is right, we are, my name is Wilson Crumley and I'm Mark Crumley and we are the Crumley brothers and we are here to demonstrate that hard work, that's right, hard work I say beats everything else that's true and you know who taught us that hard work Wilson? who taught us that? Oh, mama! Oh, mama! Mama, mama Crumley. Crumley! That's right, that's right. In fact, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, our inaugural tag team title celebration. Our victory is for the one and only Mama Crumley who gave birth to these two big, beautiful, hard-laboring, fast-hitting boys. With a red-hot crowd and tag team wrestling's most prestigious prize on the line, these two cohesive factions went toe to toe with only one thing to prove who is the best team in NRW? The working men came into this match ready to play. You cannot take these boys lightly, not only because they're anything but. The working men have an offense that hits harder and is more in sync than most other teams in the wrestling business. They're two big farm boys from Rust Belt Midwest who gain their muscles not from a gym or a personal trainer or protein smoothies, but from Lifting Grain and leading Steer. Oh, and their hits reflect that, too. On the other side, the Blood Brothers, two real-life brothers from Oakland, California, have only dreamed about being tag team champions. They have a speed and grace advantage. That's what makes this contest the most interesting, not just on the card tonight in this event, but in the already short history of NRW. There is no doubt the working men are bigger and probably more violent, whereas Raz and Troy are hands down the better in-ring wrestlers and have technique unmatched even by the top single stars of the company. With the stipulation of no rules, things broke down in a hurry, and all four combatants had their foot on the gas pedal this entire match. Like I said at the beginning, the only way to win was by referee stoppage or forfeit and referee stoppage is what it came down to in the closing moments of this match. After incapacitating Wilson on the outside of the ring, the Blood Brothers put Mike in a double submission of terror, with Troy holding Mike in the classic figure-four leglock submission made famous by Hall of Famer and legend Ric Flair. Woo! I had to, you know? It's just one of those things you have to. The submission, the figure-four, stretches both knees and pushes pressure on the Achilles, making it susceptible to something breaking or tearing at any moment while you're in it. The entire audience was hooting and hollering as in that moment, it wasn't just the submission, but Raz of the Blood Brothers choking Mike with a motorcycle bike chain. With Mike having nowhere to turn, his face swelling with pain, his partner indisposed, and no chance of escape, The referee saw no choice but to stop this bout and to declare Mike unable to continue, making your winners and the first-ever NRW Tag Team Champions, Raz and Troy, the Blood Brothers. There were so many great highlights of this match. I mean, the match itself was a highlight reel. It opened with high-impact action the second the bell rang. It turned into an ultimate slugfest. Haymakers, hard as lead, being thrown left and right, Our now champions were having a hard time keeping up. You don't want to slug it out with those big farm boys. Trust me, being from Wisconsin, I've had to do it a few times, and it's laid my ass out flat. It wasn't until the stipulation was fully taken advantage of that the metaphorical pendulum swung in favor of our brothers. Raz took some bamboo staffs, often used for martial arts combat and sparring, and began swinging for the fences, causing them to retreat. Now, this may seem like it's in favor of our eventual victors, but this just angered the big men, causing them to use that brute farm strength and ragdoll Troy and Raz around the ring and the surrounding area. One of the biggest moments of this extreme affair was one that made the audience question the strength and perseverance of both teams involved. After some ringside brawling, all four men made their way to the top of a production tower and slammed fifth feet down through four tables previously set up by the working men earlier in the match now this almost got them the victory as raz looked as if he was going to quit in that moment but after some pep talking from his brother they were able to produce a flurry of offense working in their wheelhouse quick strikes grapples and tandem maneuvers that left the big men in a world of trouble Wilson was taken out in the closing moments of the match as Raz would hit a springboard DDT to Wilson on the outside, driving his head not just on the ground, but through a cement cinder block. I hate to use a cliche, but that had to hurt. Finally, with half of their challenges done for, the brothers were able to lock in that painful tandem submission and put away the working men. Now, I would like to remind you, the working men didn't submit This match was decided by referee stoppage. I personally could not think of a better main event to cap off the premiere episode as it took what this sport is really about in pride and honor and allowed two teams oozing that sentiment to blow the fucking roof off and make me remember why I love this sport and why I will defend it until the day I die. Right now, I want to jump to some exclusive footage taken after NRW went off the air with some bonus content in the DVD special features. Yes, I watched the DVD special features. A moment of celebration with the first ever tag team champs of NRW. Yo, that's what we're all about.
2: Show up and show out. My brother and
1: I have been fighting for years for this moment right here. We have, we have. And we was going to let some goofy-ass farm boys stop us. Nah, not any farm boys, bro. But for real, respect goes out to the working men. They really give us the fight of our lives. And we ain't fought too many brothers, so they gave us the run for our money. But in the end, we have these. Wait, 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 bro. Bro, not only that. We are the first ones to have respect. But what
3: that mean, bro? It means we have cemented our legacy
1: as the premier tag team, not just in NRW, but in wrestling. And and this goes for anybody who don't believe that. Meet us in the ring next week and we will give any team that work. Thank you all so much for joining me in this first episode of talking about something I'm truly passionate about. No Rules Wrestling grabbed me in a way wrestling hasn't in quite some time, and I feel blessed to be able to share my thoughts and opinions with you on this subject matter. I started watching wrestling at a young age, watching it's one of my first memories, and to find something this gripping, especially from the 80s, no offense, makes me so damn happy there's going to be more analysis coming. Both of these teams involved in the main event went on to have successful careers in NRW, each being multiple-time tag team champions, so don't count the working men out just yet. Just to give some sort of idea of what's to come in the future for this brand, they were all leading up to the first big spotlight event on pay-per-view, World War Warehouse where the first warmonger heavyweight champion was going to be crowned in the conclusion of the tournament mentioned earlier by the CPO Gavin Lane. This spotlight event is going to be the focus of our next episode as we continue to unravel, critique and analyze the history of no rules wrestling. Thank you so much for joining. I'm Keenan Gibson and we'll see you on the flip flop. This podcast is produced by Project Shop Series, who would like to thank Gabriel Elick and Danny Dobbins for music, as well as Chelsea Smalley for art production. A special thank you to consulting producers Matt Dotson and Alex Galloway, and a special, special thank you to the cast of No Rules Wrestling, including Matt Dotson, Nate Edwards, Alex Galloway, Dante Nash, Jesse Robinson, and Elijah Sloan. Thank you all, we'll see you next time, there truly are no fucking rules.